What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast is Called podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner. The guy who chooses AEW over NXT every Wednesday. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) The incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, what's up, dude? Oh, man, that's not fair. It's just, it's... (laughs) It makes it easier if I watch one first and then the other, and I find it easier to watch AEW first. No, you're you're fine. Make I'm watching excuses. NXT. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. That's like the we, first heel promo we've cut on me since like we started this thing. Hey, I'm keeping you on your toes. I'm just letting you know the heel <laughs> turn is coming, and this partnership, uh, from a friendly perspective, isn't forever. And I will super kick your ass through a barbershop window. I've warned you many a time. Uh, we are obviously brought to you by our favorite podcast network in the world, Blue Wire, and we are also brought to you by your favorite daily news sports letter. Axios. We'll talk more about them later. But please, please, please don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, as always, leave a review. And please follow us on on social at. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Doesn't Matter Pod. That's Pod with a zero. Our our follows are. Our, our, follower account has has grown significantly over the past few weeks so thank you to everybody that's already hit the follow button but if you haven't make sure you follow us on twitter at doesn't matter pod you can follow us on instagram at doesn't matter podcast those numbers continue to grow as well we're getting really really close to releasing that that hostage photo of ben's um and if you want to follow ben for his horrible takes on twitter you can follow <laughs> wow. at at cruise control that's control of the k and if you want to follow me for the good takes you can follow me at jeremy a loss wow this is uh you're like we're off we to a hot show. start. We're off to a hot it start. It is. This relationship is getting real spicy. That is a great transition into our main event. And for this week's main event, we welcome an absolute legend on NFL Twitter, NBA Twitter, and of course, wrestling Twitter, which led to a chance of a lifetime to be a writer for WWE. He's a jack of all trades and has mastered them all. If you have not caught him on TV, social media, or on a podcast, then you are 1,000% doing life wrong. He is the man, the myth, and he now only goes by one name for his Twitter handle. Please welcome to the show, Kazim Famuide. Kaz, thanks so much, man. Yo, what's going on, man? That was, that was a hell of an intro. Shit, I, I'm so like my... My head is, I can't fit my head through the doorway right now. Hey, man, I know you, you, know, you used to work for WWE. I had, to, I had to write a good promo. You know, I, I wasn't going to come oh, come with some B-grade <laughs> shit. So, uh, by the way, is, is is Vince the one who told you to switch your uh, your Twitter handle to, to one name? He seems to be doing that a lot oh. lately. <laughs> no, actually, uh, my boy Koza, man, he, uh, you know, Koza, he works at BET. He hit me and was like, yo, I can get you your first name as, as, a, as a handle if you want it. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. So, and, you know, it feels like it's a little bit more mature and shit. It wasn't a, it wasn't a Vince special <laughs> when uh, they just make sure you you just ditch your last name and shit. So, no, no that, was, that was on me. <laughs> right, right. No, it was, it was it was a good change. It was, uh, I remember just being shocked because I think the whole time we followed each other and known each other on Twitter, you, you were just always real-life Kaz. And then all of a sudden, there was it was uh it was just off it was it was weird <laughs> it was like a weird day so yeah you know I'm enjoying it though man I feel uh 
I feel a little bit more professional, you know. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to. It's that time now, so yeah. You know, it's all good. I like. I like it. I like the simplicity of it. <laughs> yeah, and we're all, we're all growing up. <laughs> so the first thing we always yeah. ask our <laughs> the first thing we always ask our guests who come on the show is just we just want to know your origin story as a wrestling fan because uh, Jeremy and I talk all the time. Like the reason why we do this, why we do this pod, why we watch an absurd amount of wrestling every week is because we grew up in the Attitude Era and that like hooked us for life essentially so what was it what was the moment what was the time frame that got you to be a wrestling fan yeah i could i could i can nail it down to a date i think oh, oh here we go uh, hold on let me let me let me double check because i have the poster at my office oh okay so i have the poster it would make a lot more sense. I don't want to seem like I'm bullshitting. You know? No, this is this is what we want. We want, we want authentic <laughs> stuff, man. This is fantastic. November twenty fourth, nineteen eighty eight, Survivor Series. Um, I was about. It, it was literally my earliest memory in life. I was about a year and a half years old, sitting on my dad's uh, lap, and it was the first time I ever watched wrestling, and that was the date of uh, the first Survivor Series. Um, it was in Richmond, Ohio, and uh, you know I got the poster in my house. One of my most treasured um, possessions because uh, it, it's it's the earliest memory I've ever had in my life. And like I remember sitting in my dad's lap in Far Rockaway, Queens, and just seeing like these loud ass, colorful, crazy like it was like Macho Man just yelling at me with like all these like. <laughs> crazy colors and loud voices and shit and I didn't even really know what I was watching for a while like I was like I'm, I had to be like one and a half years old if that I had no idea what I was watching for a number of years but I just knew that was just what we watched on TV and my dad liked wrestling and therefore I liked wrestling you know like I like I was in sports and everything but wrestling was just so it was so cartoonish and it was just so loud and it was just so you know just just stood out to me so much that's kind of where I got hooked. And ever since then, man, like, I've just kind of been a lifer, you know, like all types of wrestling too, you know. Clearly, you know, I grew up in WWF, WWE, everybody has. And, uh, you know, the more I got into it, the more I wanted to see more different kinds of wrestling. So I got into WCW, got into ECW, got into New Japan Pro, got to uh, East, that's the ECW Ring of Honor. Um, the indies, you know, when the internet kind of boomed happened and uh, there was just so much wrestling at my disposal, you know, I just always knew I could find something that I was into. And the older I got and the more that I realized that, okay, yeah, this isn't uh, quote unquote real. This isn't like actually happening, but like it kind of turned me into, uh, you know, I started to see the, the athletic and you know dramatic value of it and just seeing just how much talent it takes to become a pro wrestler whether it's you know how you act or how athletic you are or the background and just everything that goes into it just because you know at that age you just kind of soak everything up like a sponge and i just became like a a, a diehard man like and it wasn't was even one of those things where i had to uh explain to people why i liked wrestling like i wasn't one of those guys that Somebody told me, oh, don't you know it was fake? Like, I didn't care. It's like, something that I like. Like, it was something that I enjoyed. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of where it started for me. Man, I like oh, that. Man, that's, it runs that's deep. That's an incredible story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> does, does being a former WWE writer kind of change the way that you consume the product now? I mean, you're, you're obviously seeing it through eyes that 
not many people actually get a chance to see it. So, like, does that change the way that you consume the product? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and I've told people this since I've, I've kind of left WWE was that uh, it's much better as a fan. <laughs> like it's so much yeah. better as a fan, man. Because once you're you're in the uh, in the foxhole, so to speak, you, there's just things that the casual fan just doesn't notice. That you know, things that go wrong, things that go right. There's just so many things, especially when you're at WWE. That that monster when you're doing pay per views or Raw SmackDown that goes into the creation of everything you see on screen, like. Nothing is there by accident. So, like, literally, down to the very last morsel of TV space, of, of TV real estate, everything is there on purpose, whether the way somebody says something, the way that, you know, uh, fucking, I don't know, like, from production value to, you know, mic cues yeah. to, you know, and certain people, you can tell that they're talking too long. And, you know, like, and when I'm, when I'm watching it as, you know, somebody who's been in that, in that, um, in that business, it's different because I'll watch something and it kind of, for a while, didn't take the enjoyment out of it. I just watched for different things and I enjoyed different things. And it made me appreciate different performers for different reasons because I was watching yeah. for certain things now that wasn't just you know, to the naked eye, like, oh, this guy does cool moves. Why is he, you know, the world champion all the time? You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're in there, you understand exactly why certain people are the way they are. You know, like, perfect yeah. example, um, you know, I became such a Baron Corbin fan. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as they, like, and, and mind you, like, I still talk to the certain folks and creative and we're still friends to this day but like I always tell and you know and, and the town as well but I never want to know what's going to happen I never want to know because I still want to enjoy it as a fan and I still want to you know be surprised or whatnot and you know when the King of the Ring was announced before they even announced the competition competitors I'm like this is Taylor Mace for Baron Corbin one <laughs> like, this is the type of thing that, <laughs> yeah it's just because he's so you know like Man, there's so many things that are so important to creating a show. Like, it's not always about having cool guys and cool wrestlers. Like, it's hard to create heels that people really don't like. And it's hard to create somebody that people, you know, and especially in this day and age where, you know, the curtains kind of pulled back a little bit on all aspects. It's like that dude just draws such a genuine negative reaction from so many people. It's hard to do. And that makes you great yeah. at what you do, man. And once that thing got out and I saw the brackets, I'm like, oh, Corbin's winning. Corbin's winning. Because, yeah. you know, he's just so, he's really good at, like, I remember just, I remember days he was literally carrying Raw, where you have, like, five speaking segments, six speaking segments, have a match, have a joint when he's, like, the acting GM or whatever. I don't even remember the actual title he had, but Constable. When he was Constable Corbin, yeah. and he was literally... Having like seven segments a night, you know what I mean? Like remembering everything, doing a match, and you know, and being able to go and getting then drawing legitimate negative reactions from the crowd, man, and just wanting to see somebody beat the hell out of him, you know? And, exactly. And, it, and it's proof in the pudding, man. Like you see, The Rock comes back at Friday Night SmackDown, and him 
getting that spot tells you all he needs to know about what they think of him as far as like being a guy that people want to see beat up. And that's hard to do in this business, especially in 2019 where everybody swears they knows everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we tried to make our own King of the Ring brackets and they turned out terrible. But like once we saw that <laughs> Corbin was kind of making his way through the bracket, we are like, yeah, this is tailor-made for him because he is that like that heel that everybody does hate. And he gets so much heat from everybody. It's incredible. Of course, um, and it's so, like, like, King of the Ring is just so, it puts a, like, come on, son, like, it's such a silly concept for, like, this guy's going to walk around <laughs> singing a scepter. Like, that's not made yeah. for a good guy. That's not made for somebody to enjoy. That's made for somebody to rub it in your face every single time they come out. And who's better than that than Baron Corbin? So, once I'm right? out, I'm like, yeah, hey, there's chapters in the bag. So, like, there's, a ton of wrestling going on right now. Like each week is just jam packed. How are you consuming the product? I mean, obviously we have we have three WWE shows now. We have uh, AEW on Wednesdays as well. Like, how are you consuming it? Like Ben and I both are married with kids, and it's like it's really tough for us to really kind of sit down and, and get it all together. But like, how are you handling it? Like with with the wave of content that we're getting. Well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad that SmackDown moved to Friday because I'm washed and I'm not really going out like that anymore. And then, uh, you know, during the week is usually like where I'm really out. So, you know, Monday Night Raw, you know, me, me and my girl, we watch Raw every week. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, you know, it used to be SmackDown on Tuesdays and now I try to catch Impact on those days. And, you know, Wednesdays are usually the most difficult time, especially last week. And tonight, even you know, I just I got back from the podcast on the late, and uh, I missed uh, I missed Leo's uh, big championship win, so I'm gonna go back and watch that in a little bit. But at the same time, you know, there's so much intrigue at AEW. I just kind of want to see how much how much different they are than WWE. You know, what I'm saying I want to see like what kind of uh, what. You know, I, I, there's, there's a natural curiosity there because outside of being the elite, outside of YouTube stuff. Um, you really don't know how they're going to be able to carry a television show and being somebody who's helped produce these television shows, helped produce Raw, helped produce SmackDown, helped produce pay-per-views, I'm just curious to see how they their, their version of producing television. Like, I'm a fan, too, so straight wrestling quality-wise, like, of course I'm going to watch NXT first because I know what I'm getting out of that. I'm, I'm going to get some great work rate. I'm going to get great wrestlers. I'm going to get people going balls to the wall in a... Uh, hostile, not hostile, but in a uh, extremely, extremely vocal and intense crowd every single week. Yeah, but the, but the intrigue in AEW is what catches me. So I always want to catch that first and see what it is, and then uh, you know just kind of spread it out as much as I can. So kind of shifting gears back to to WWE. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You helped write and or produce that New Day segment. Uh, during the first SmackDown of the year where Kofi was talking about how he hadn't gotten a world title shot like in his whole career, right? Was that, you were kind of, you yeah. kind of helped with that? Yeah. So, you know, with that. Yeah, I was in Las Vegas. So, and so with that, uh, it was a great segment. I, I watched it back um, over the weekend. Um, it was hilarious because, you know, kind of looking back at it, you know, kind of everything that they had talked about kind you know, basically came true. So, from that segment, uh, you know, where the uh, to where the new day are now, you know, Kofi being, you know, a beloved 
WWE champion, unfortunately now a former champion, um, and even Woods and E winning the SmackDown belts, you know, for the sixth time this year. What was it like for you to, you know, watch what was essentially the year of the New Day from the outside after being so much on the inside? I mean, um, those are my guys forever, man. Like me, Cole Woods, especially E. Biggie's one of my, you know, closest friends. We still talk to this day. And even when I wasn't, you know, mind you, the New Day is on the level where they have Vince's trust. They can go and do things, and they just have this trust so much that if they think it's cool, they're going to do it, you know? And even when I wasn't there, after I left, like, I would still, you know, feed them some lines. Like, I would still, like, like yo, this actually might be funny if you say, you know, say this or whatever. I remember one for one specific example was uh, it was a Jesse Smollett line that Biggie dropped. <laughs> like, they were in Gorilla, and uh, they were talking about, uh, you know, man, it's crazy what people do to keep shows interesting nowadays. Like, you watch Empire, yada, 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 and then, like, it was that whole thing. And then, uh, you know, I had some more woods. And, like, those are my guys, man. So there's a, there was definitely a small part of me that, uh, you know, it kind of sucked that I couldn't be on that road to WrestleMania with them, but I still kind of was. You know, like, we still talked every day. You know, we were, uh, you know, I wouldn't, outside of Mr. Booty's worth, my boy Ryan Alpert, like, I would say, like, I was, like, a member of the New Day for for a certain part of my, my time over there because they trusted me a lot. They let me just kind of roll with it, and they got, they could kind of just concentrate on matches and, you know, just kind of throwing things here and there. And that was a little bit of their issue sometimes when they were there. It wasn't that they, uh, they didn't mind doing a lot of their own stuff, but you know, it was the first time they brought in somebody that knew exactly the language that they spoke like to a T and they kind of got to just concentrate on delivering amazing matches and not have to worry about getting stuff approved at the last second when it came to, uh, doing promos or doing any type of, uh, you know, doing anything that they were doing that wasn't the non wrestling capacity. And they trusted me a lot, you know. And on top of that, they're just extremely, extremely fucking talented. And yep. just really good at taking anything that you gave them and just putting their own spin on it. And trusting you to be like, oh, we think that's funny. Let's let's roll with it. Let's let's add this to it. Let's make this, you know, it's 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 this funny. And then let's even there's there's certain points where we were doing stuff just to make ourselves laugh, you know. Like, and I think. I actually think the uh, was I think that that promo that you just referenced with the Steiner mask, like that was something that just made us laugh. Like we were you know, like, oh, we we're talking about the Royal Rumble, and you know, all three of them were going to be in it. And it was like, yo, let's get a Steiner mask joke in there. And, like, <laughs> great call, anything. yeah. But, but who cares? Like, and and I, I'll never forget it because I was in Gorilla when that happened, and uh, Hunter's next to me, and and as soon as they said it, like it's hard to get Hunter to crack. <laughs> as soon as um, Wood said Steiner Matt, he fucking takes off his head and he goes, Did you just fucking say Steiner Matt? I am laughing. So I'm like, Ah, all right. So there's always a small part where it's like, Fuck, I'm kind of referencing TNA, but like, it's such a layered joke that if you got it, you got it, and it's not like whatever. But like, it got such a, a, a huge laugh out of that Vegas crowd 
And Hunter laughed at it. I was like, oh, shit, all right, I guess I got to win. <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, next-level wrestling stuff. To just it's, it's like wrestling inception. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, like, within itself. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to be funny in wrestling, man. Like, it's hard to oh, get, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. you know, jokes off. So when you can get, like, a genuine laughter out of the crowd, especially when it's something that wasn't necessarily uh, WWE produced, like, it's fun, man. It's fun, especially with those guys. They can kind of get away with anything. Right. Uh, when it comes to, you know, their promos and stuff. So it was a fun thing to work on with them. So given that you're so close to those three, like something I've always wondered is, are those pancakes that they they toss out, are those, one, edible for real? And are they actually good? Because, like, I know, like, we've seen E, like, scarf them down, but I'm not seeing yeah. them actually, you know, finish the process of eating them. So I'm just wondering, like, are they, have people, have you gotten any reviews about if they're actually edible or not? No, so let me tell you. Let me tell you about the pancakes, right? The pancakes are real pancakes. Yeah. You go, we have a prop truck, right? When you're, when we, when we go into town, there's, you know, there's the, uh, it's a TV truck. There's the, uh, what's you call it? The, um, wardrobe and, you know, makeup and all this type of stuff. And there's the prop truck. And in the prop truck, there is a ice cold, there's ice cold bags of pancakes. And they're literally like the same pancake that you could take and warm up in the microwave. And they're edible, and you can eat them. I wouldn't suggest you eat them, but he's a crazy <laughs> motherfucker. And <laughs> he would do anything to get a laugh. But, uh, you know, there are real pancakes. They are edible. Uh, I've never ate one, but, I, you know, I've seen you can get them in the store. They're basically microwavable bagged already cooked pancakes that uh you know we always had there was a guy in charge my guy uh not um one of my one of my boys that ran props over there his job was to make sure there was a platter of pancakes and gorilla ready for the guys when there was when it was time to go and they were room temperature and probably disgusting but uh you know how did, yes, they how, are did, edible, they are how did they never come out with New Day pancakes, like no teaming up with Ego and like, yo, let's make this happen. I know, like, Budios, that like, they made that like an actual oh, product. Did you want. Numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Budios so did mad numbers, man. Where, uh, where are these toastable New Day pancakes? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I put it like this. I'm, I'm sure nobody was against it. I'm sure if there was something there, you know. I, I, I think, I think uh, IHOP might have missed the boat on that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> there had to be something over there, you know, where they could have did like a new day thing. But you know, the, 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 if there's a bag to get, I'm sure. Uh, you know, there's never, there's never Vince will leave no money on the table. So if somebody was hitting them up to do some pancake thing, I'm sure it would have happened. Definitely. Uh, so I want to get your take on the Kofi Brock controversy that kind of erupted on Friday night. Obviously, with Kofi losing the belt in less than ten seconds, I mean. The internet was kind of up in, up in arms about how they kind of took how they took the belt from him. So, what was your take on the whole situation? Best thing that could happen, so Best thing that could happen. Really? Um, absolutely. Uh, you gotta understand, man. Motherfuckers hate Brock. Like they <laughs> yes. hate Brock. You know, I don't. I, I love Brock. <laughs> oh no, I love Brock. I, I think he's the, one of the most important wrestlers to ever live of all time, and you know he's an instant. He's an instant heater, man. And if you're going to take the guy that you've built up as probably the best babyface champion that you've had in, since, since Daniel Bryan, probably, since Daniel Bryan's first uh, WrestleMania run, 
Um, you have to make his his. You got to make that dream ride and in a heartbreaking way. You got to get people like it's it's. I understand what they're trying to do. I understand why people would be upset and thinking that, you know, it could have been a much better, more competitive match or something like that. But you always got to think our, our motto over there is like, all right, what do we do Monday? And I guess clearly since it's SmackDown. It's like, all right, what do we do Friday? What do we do Friday? It's always, you can always get a good match. You can always do something, but it's all about telling that story. It's all about getting people back. It's all about what am I going to see uh, the next time this guy's on TV? And the first show on Fox, one of the big four networks, you're going against Brock Lesnar, probably the biggest draw in the company. And you lose that quickly, that spectacularly. There's a story to tell. There's stories to tell now. And you can't be, you know, there's, there's, there's that story that you can tell, that redemption. And he's such a god fucking given babyface talent like dropped right in right in, in Vince's lap as far as like just being a guy that everybody can get behind you know and yeah you you gotta be able to make that loss that the way he loses that championship that 11 year journey if it ends if it ends so if it ends quickly I mean if it ends uh you know dramatically if it ends in a way that you know Oh, he was close, but that's it. Like, no, there's no story to tell there. Like, there's, I mean, yeah, you could probably tell it, but, like, there's a better story to tell when, you know, you have a guy who's ran through the gauntlet of people on SmackDown, ran through Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, um, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan, all these guys, and he goes against the monster Brock, and, you know, you got to understand, you've made him a bigger star because of the way he lost, you know, and everyone... Every single person is going to wonder what he's going to say on Friday. It doesn't matter what he does, and and that's what that's the next step. The next step is like they wouldn't they wouldn't absolutely destroy Kofi like that if there wasn't a bigger story to tell down the road. And you look at guys like Daniel Bryan, who lost in a similar way his first World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. I want to say twenty nine. Where he lost to Sheamus oh, in right. what ten Sheamus. seconds? Yep. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I think he's done pretty well for himself, you know, because people got yeah. back behind him, and people are going to stay behind Kofi because of the way he lost. The Kofi deserves better hashtag. The thank you Kofi hashtag. Best thing that could happen to him. Some people could lose the title, and people will cheer, and people will get started, and small pockets of the crowd were starting to get that way when it came to Kofi where like people were kind of ready to move on from him. But now you got all those people right back in the palm of your hands. So when that, when it's time to push the button on Kofi again, to make that run back at the title, it's going to be an even bigger run for him. You know, there's more stories to tell. See, this is why we need people. This is why we need you on the show because we were infuriated right after we recorded a pod right after the show. And it was, it was just pure emotion and we got way too, I think like, but that's what they got to do. Like, right. You understand. Yeah, yeah. At, at, at Vince's core, Vince is a heel at heart. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not just about, it's not just about working the fans and the casuals. It's about working you guys. You guys are, it's, it's about working like the meat, the wrestling media and all this other shit. Like you have to be able to work those guys as well. 
because they are just as much fans as anybody else. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm one of those. I was one of those guys for a, a, a long time. I still am one of those guys where, like, I get work. And at the end of the day, if you draw real human emotion from anything, it's a win. It's yep. a win. Yep. And, the, and that loss drew real human emotion for people because everybody rode with Kofi for that trip, for that ride, man. Like, you can't tell me the last time a WWE champion lost their title and there was this much raw human emotion that was drawn out from fans all across the board. You know, so it was the best. It doesn't seem like it right now, but trust me, I think it will be the best thing that's ever happened to Kofi. I like that, man. Thank, thanks for talking us off the ledge a little bit. But going from <laughs> from one controversial ending to another, it'd be we would be doing everyone a disservice if we didn't ask you. WWE's catching a lot of heat right now for the ending of Hell in a Cell, uh, and which ended in a uh, a match stoppage, I believe was the uh, the official phrasing. Um, I guess simply put, you know, what were your thoughts on that ending? Um. I'll be honest, I kind of think they put themselves into a corner just putting the Fiend in that title match. Mm-hmm. Regardless, you know. Um, now, now that they explained that it was a referee stoppage and not a disqualification, I guess that kind of takes a sting out of it a little bit. But at the same time, it's like you built this character in Bray Wyatt who is one of the most brilliant wrestling minds I think we've ever come across. And now you're kind of booked. He's 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 booked himself and created himself so well that there were people saying there's absolutely no way he should lose this match, you know. And that was one of them. Clearly, clearly, you got to keep him special. You got to keep him special. And people aren't forget that you know somebody's a WWE champion. That guy's got to be at the show every week. That guy's got to be. He's got to be the guy who puts the butts in the seats. And what I don't, I'm not sure at that point what's more important. Um, having a champion every week when you're about to have a, uh, a season premiere on USA and the massively large premiere on Fox, or keeping a guy that you've made so special special. So I kind of think they kind of put themselves into a corner where if Seth goes over cleanly, it's bullshit. If Bray goes over cleanly, mm. It kind of was he going to walk around with the title now? Like that doesn't—it's kind of weird. With the guy, he's—I mean, he's just so good. Like Bray, just made that character just so fucking special that you know I was kind of surprised that they put him in a title match so quickly because I didn't think he really needed the title. I think he's so special and and how you know this kind of split personality that he's done so well that I didn't think he needed the title. But at the same time. I do think that, uh, you know, Seth kind of caught a bad rap for it. He kind of got put into an awkward situation where he's got to how to make himself a badass but still make Bray look strong. Like, it's, it's difficult. It was a difficult thing to try and pull off. And the fans kind of let them know about it, man. At the end of the day, when it comes to this, the fans will let you know if you're doing something right or doing something wrong. And, um, you know, they it, it was... So it's kind of a swing and a miss, you know, but I don't think that it takes anything away from how dope The Fiend is and the entrance and the entire experience of him. It doesn't take away from how great of a in-the-ring competitor Seth Rollins is, you know, but 
it's definitely one of those things where, you know, sometimes sometimes things just don't go the way you expect them to go. And uh, the fans, you know, no matter what you say, in one way or another, they're trying to get a, a they're trying to get a uh, a desired reaction out of the fans, and that's not the reaction that you probably wanted. And uh, honestly, if it's in my, I mean, if it's me with the pen right now, I think the only the only way you can kind of go from there is start planting the seeds for a Seth Rollins heel turn. And kind of get him his juice back, and kind of get him something we go. where you know people can kind of see him as a badass again. Because you know it's he's he's much better as a heel. You know, what I mean, that's one and two. You Thank know, you. like it's it's kind of hard. It's it's so hard to make baby faces right now, and you got a Taylor made one in Kofi Kingston. You know, so if I'm if I'm the guy with the pen right now, I think right now is the time that you start planting those seeds to turn Seth Rollins again, and maybe you start a Seth and Kofi deal, you know? So, there I don't we know. go. I don't there know. we I go. And, and kind of see where, hopefully see where that goes in the future. But um, I don't yeah, think it's, it's, it, was definitely, it was definitely a rough ending. One of the rougher endings I've seen in any pay review. Definitely. And, like, I completely agree. Seth, Seth as a heel is so much better than, than him as a face. I mean, I just missed mm. his, like, his maniacal laugh that he used to do as a heel. Oh, man, like, Seth was... laugh. <laughs> Seth laugh was the fucking shit, man. Like, I love <laughs> and I And I love Seth as a dude. Like, Seth is such, such a dope dude, man. Like, it sucks seeing him have to deal with, you know, uh, carrying that ball right now. And, you know, just, it's... <sighs> It's weird with him because uh, it's so quick. It's so quick for him to, you know, just a few weeks, a few, I think it was a summer for him. Just a while ago, he was the hottest shit going with that whole Brock Lesnar yeah. match, man. Like yep. that, that Brock match was fucking masterful. And I thought he was fucking right back in the, in the swing of things. And I, I thought he had this shit going, you know. And, you know, sometimes things don't work out. And I think wrestling fans kind of tend to overreact to, to certain stuff. And I still think Seth is one of the dopest guys doing it. I think he's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. So um, I think he'll be all right. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm just saying we probably should turn heels just because just me as a fan. I think I'd like to see it. But at the same time, man, it's like, fuck, he's, it doesn't take nothing away from how good that dude is and how good of a performer that he is. Definitely. And we just have a few more for you, so thank you again for, for jumping on. Um, I know you talked about AEW a little bit earlier, but how are you currently feeling about AEW? I mean, obviously, we're, we're two weeks in uh, on Dynamite. Uh, they have another pay-per-view coming up. So how are you feeling currently about the product? Um, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun show, man. Like, you know, it's a show that uh, it knows what it, The one thing I like about AEW right now is that it knows what it does well. You know, it knows right. that uh, they got four to maybe six of the most popular guys in all of wrestling in the Young Bucks, Cody, uh, Pac, Kenny, and Moxley, you know, like those are guys that can carry any promotion. And, um, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not looking at, uh, at AEW as a WWE replacement. I'm looking at it as a great alternative and, you know, they have their audience, they have their rabid fan base and it's dope to see that. It's dope to see wrestling done in a different scope in America. And, um, you know, I think it's fun. I think, if there's any cons to it right now, and these are things that are easily fixable and things that can absolutely change over time, I think they're really top-heavy. 
you know, I think at the top yeah. of the card, they can, they can go, they can go event for event with anybody. Like I'll, like Cody has, I always thought Cody was dope and he's become even doper as like this fucking, you know, dusty, like handsomer, dusty roads. You know what I'm like, yeah, and, uh, you know, and, and he's, He's, he's been great. He's been great as the face of his company. The Young Bucks, I mean, what can you say about the Young Bucks? Probably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Probably one of the greatest independent acts of all time. You know, and there's, there's, they look what they did with Private Party tonight. They made those guys instant stars Ooh. in one night. Ooh. You know, that match is incredible. Uh, incredible match. Incredible match, man. And, um, you know, Mox is Mox, bro. He's, he's a proven commodity, proven star. You know, you can't say much about him. And, uh, you know, and, and Kenny Omega's, you know, Kenny Omega, like, that's about machine. But, like I said, they're very top-heavy. Um, I think, you know, a lot of them mid-cards could use some work. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that come on the TV sometimes. I'm like, all right, I'll switch to NXT because I know I'm going to see that. And, you know, I, and granted, a lot of these guys, it's their second week on national television. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not right. going to, you right. know, be attached to these guys immediately. But, you know, that's why you give it a week. That's why you give it time. You got to give these storylines chances to build. And people think that, you know, the one thing that was my gripe about working at WWE and the the the, uh, the, the criticism it got was that, you know, oh, you know, why can't they just put on, like, great matches every week? I'm like, dude, these guys are humans. They're not video game characters. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you can't go full yeah. Tokyo Dome. You can't go full PWG every single week. Like, they'll break down. Like, you got to <laughs> be able to do something. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be able to tell a story. Like, I can see a great match wherever. I can Google these great matches. Like, those of you in Japan, like, what's going to make me stick around and be invested in these characters? And that's the one thing that, you know, people were kind of shitting on. You know, I think the, the, the James Sound Bob shit last week was kind of weird and, you know... A lot of the storylines were a little bit strange. But you got to give these things time to develop, man. Like, you got to give these things time to get some legs under them. You got to let people tell a story. And then, you know, make a, a informed decision on whether you want to keep watching or not. Because if you're not, you know, if you're calling yourself a wrestling fan and you're just going to tune in one week and be like, oh, I didn't like that much in channel, that's not really fair. You know, it's the same way I, I, I watch WWE, man. Like, People were, people, listen, people can say whatever the fuck they want to say about The Fiend right now. When he first came back out doing the fucking Mr. Rogers shit, people were shitting on it. Shitting <laughs> yeah, yeah. on it. And people will try and, and be all, have their, uh, have their revisionist history as much as they want to about my bro. As soon as I saw that shit and saw where they were going, I'm like, this guy is going to be a fucking monster in a few weeks because... You know, you just you just knew that if he's going, if, if that's the last time, if that's the first time you see him, this super evil guy, and now he's like Mr. Rogers with these puppets, and there's these dark undertones that are just building week after week after week. I'm like, watch. This dude is going to be a fucking monster. And then the Finn Balor match, home run. Absolute yep. fucking home run. You make an instant star out of that. So you got to give things time. 
you got to give things time. You got to watch every week. You got to invest. You got to get into it, man. You can't just look at something one week and be like, ah, bury it or praise it or whatever. Give things time to develop. You know, it's it, you'll enjoy it more as a fan if you watch week by week and give things time to, to crescendo, if you will. Staying, sure. on the, <laughs> staying on the topic a little bit of WWE alternatives, if you will, on a scale from 1 to 10, how excited are you that WCW legend Master P is getting back into the wrestling world, <laughs> taking over House of Glory? Just be honest with me. Just uh, 1 to 10. Shout out my boy Brian, man. My guy Brian over at House of Glory. He runs House of Glory as well. Um, he did, the, you know, when I was doing the Wrestle Rap podcast, he was a guest on there. I've been to some House of Glory events. He's a guy who's been pushing hip-hop and wrestling for a long time. So you guys are ever in New York City. You know, he puts on these amazing events, gets on some of the greatest indie talent in the entire world, and then he'll have, like, cast and over-wrap somebody to the ring. Or, like, you know, <laughs> what's I done? And, like, all this other shit. So, like, seeing, you know, w- future WWE Hall of Famer, Master P. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, back into the wrestling business. You know, it's it's awesome, man. Like it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Like it's, you know, I'm hoping to know when the soldiers make a comeback. And uh, you know, it's, if Master P's putting his money where his mouth is, I think there's going to be another viable alternative out there, man. Like if MLW could get cracking and Ring of Honor and Impact, I mean Impact, Impact is putting out some pretty good shit lately. They are, too, yeah. You know? So yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like damn, get uh. Get those guys, get those guys some TV time. Get some, get House of Glory on some, some streaming network or something, and and let's see where it goes with it, man. Like I think there's a there's a um, there's absolutely a glaring, not glaring, not not anymore. I think it's gotten a lot better. But as far as like wrestlers of color and pro wrestling of color, and especially when it comes to hip hop, um, there was a lane. There's a lane open right there. There's enough black wrestling fans out there to make a viable alternative to something that I can watch and thoroughly enjoy. You know, you don't gotta try and beat WWE anymore. You can just make some cool shit that people are gonna watch that's niche and you can survive and be pretty successful. You know, so I'm hoping House of Glory does well. I'm a fan of, of Brian and everything he does and motherfucking the GOAT Master P, man. Let's, let's get it. I'm with it, man. There we go. I, I like the excitement. I'm, I'm also very excited. When I, when I saw that come across my Twitter feed, I thought I was having some sort of fever dream. <laughs> I was like, Master P is getting back in the wrestling. Uh, that's incredible. I weird, man. I didn't. I didn't. I surely didn't see it coming, but man, it so was tight. Good for them. Good no, for yeah, them. for sure. So we got three hoops heads, uh, you know, on the show here. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you at least one hoops question before we said uh, goodbye. So the NBA landscape is now completely different than it's been over the past few years, and you know, WWE and wrestling always has these storylines, but the NBA this year has. A bunch of storylines that are again, it's all brand new. It's seemingly so. Like, what storyline out there is the? Are you looking forward to the most in terms of watching it develop? I'm um, selfishly, selfishly. I'm. I, I can't wait to watch the Knicks. I think the Knicks have. Uh, and, and granted, this is my hometown bias showing you through. But no, please. I mean, <laughs> they've just been shit on by every single pundit. Every single review, every single show, podcast, Knicks have just got nothing. It's just eaten all the shit in the entire world. And, like, this is a roster full of guys who, last year, you would take them on your team. 
Like, uh, imagine being a guy like Julius Randle, like Marcus Morris, like Alfred Payton, like Bobby Portis, that were good players. And now just because you're on a team that it's, it's in vogue to kind of shit on, you know, uh, all of a sudden I'm not good. All of a sudden we're not, we're not, we're not going to compete. And these are proud guys. So like, my man Marcus Morris set the tone in that preseason game and he bonked on the head. Like, yo, like, no shit. And Fizz, David Fizzdale, it comes from the same cloth. And he, Great coach. You know, Great he, coach. He, he, he's like, yo, man, like, we're not taking no shit with them, man. Like, R.J. Barrett's going to be a good player. He looked really good in that preseason. Kevin Knott's gotten bigger. He's got, uh, I, I swear to you, and somebody said this to me the other day, like, if the Knicks played in New Orleans, they'd be a league pass team. They'd be a league pass team because they got a nice mix of athleticism, youth, veteran leadership. Like, they're deep. They're, they, you know, depending on how you feel about Coach Fizdale, they're very well coached. And, um, you know, I, I think they're going to be a fun watch. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people that if they stay healthy. You know, there's a lot of proud guys in that locker room and, you know, some young talent that got a lot to prove. So I'm really interested in them. I'm really interested in the Battle of L.A., I mean, I know it's never going to be more than the Lakers town, but I think the Clippers are going to make it real interesting. I think the Clippers are the better team, honestly. I think they're deeper. I think, uh, you know, they have a – they got a, they probably got a, a, a second five. They could beat a lot of teams starting five this year. Like, I'll take they're deep, I'll take yeah. Lou Williams, Montrose Harrell, and, and Patrick Beverly and two dudes against the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Against, uh, you know, against – the Charlotte Hornets, and you don't think they give the Charlotte Hornets some work? And then you add guys <laughs> like PG and Kawhi and, you know, and, and, and just, oh gosh, you've added the NBA Finals MVP to a team that gave the Golden State Warriors at full strength problems, you know? So clearly I'm looking forward to that. I think LeBron's coming back with a, with a, with a vengeance, and I think the, I think the finals are going to be played at the Staples Center one way or another. Oh, so I'm really looking forward to that, and uh, you know, I'm, 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 you know, it's it's always good when the LA teams are relevant because it's Showtime, it's Hollywood, the stars are out, the best players in the world are playing there, and I honestly, and 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 lastly, a couple teams I'm I'm not sleeping on, the Atlanta Hawks. I think the Atlanta Hawks are going to be a fun team to watch. The Orlando Magic. They're going to be a fun team to watch. I don't think a lot of people are talking about them, but I think Aaron Gordon's going to Markel's have a great looking costume. nice right now. Markel looks like you know, nice. he's got his, he's happy learned how to putt, you know what I mean? So I'm going to think that he's <laughs> yeah. going to be all right. Um, you know, and they were and they were eight seed last year, so I think a year of that, uh, that experience is going to do them well. Um, and I would not sleep on the Golden State Warriors. I don't think I think there we the, go. The, the, the buys of the Golden State Warriors have been greatly exaggerated. I think Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell are going to be fun as fuck to watch together. Yep. And uh, if Clay Thompson comes back by the All-Star break, and Draymond Green is still Draymond Green, and don't sleep on Willie Cauley-Stein, who is probably a better version of JaVale McGee or any of these rim-running centers that they've had in the past, I wouldn't count the Warriors out at all. At all. Um and, and selfishly speaking, I think the Rockets are going to be fun. I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan, and I think he's going to help them, uh, you know, be successful. But, I mean, just the league is just so fucking deep right now. Yeah. I can't call it. I cannot call it. So, uh, But I'm excited as hell, and I can't wait for it to get going. Man, you already a legend. I am. Holy shit. 
I went this whole time without mentioning Zion. He just had 29 points tonight. So <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I love the NBA, man. It's, it's, it's going to be a hell of a season. I can't wait for it to get going. No, no doubt. You were already a legend in our book, but you, you talked about both of our teams, Jeremy's Lakers and I'm the Warriors, uh, in, in very positive lights. So, like, you're just cementing your status as, like, one of our favorite people possibly in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, no, Kaz. <laughs> we, we've taken up more than enough of your time you've been so generous with it so first of all thank you again so much for hopping on the show you're welcome back anytime it's, it was a absolute pleasure to pick your brain on everything wrestling and at the end you know a little snacker on the nba side so thank you so much for hopping on once you uh can you plug anything you got going on and, and tell people where to find absolutely, you on social man, me, absolutely you can follow me on twitter at kazim k-a-z-e-m on Instagram at Real Life Kaz, I'm working on Instagram to get my, my full name in there too. So there we go. Hopefully they uh, they do some hack right. Um, subscribe to the Flagrant Two podcast every week, man. On Patreon.com/slash/Flagrant Two, or you can get the free version. Just go to uh, just look it up on any streaming platform: Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud. Uh, the Flagrant Two podcast with Andrew Show, podcasting, and myself. You catch me at SNY in New York City. If you live on the East Coast. Uh, catch me every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on the thread with you know myself, my guy Worldwide Rob, Rob Perez, a um, couple of other dudes talking all types of sports. Uh, catch me Cosmic Effect on Revolt TV uh, every week on every Friday. You can check that out. Um, I got a few, you know, Duce Palooza. We're in DC this weekend. We got Pusha T coming through performing. Uh, we got another announcement to make tomorrow. Um, another big performance that's going to be with Pusha T and. You know, by the time this comes out, I think it'll be out there. So uh, make sure you get your tickets on DuceyPools.com slash tickets. And um, I got some – I'm always working, man. I, I'm, I just love creating content. I love doing things that I would do for free and just hearing people talk about it. Um, I got a wrestling project in the works oh, that uh, a lot of people will hear about very soon. I've been Excellent. asked about doing another wrestling podcast for a while, a wrestling show. Uh, any sort of thing in the world of, of professional wrestling, and uh, I will be getting back to it in, in uh, a certain medium, and uh, I'll be at liberty to talk about that within the next two weeks. I want to say the next two weeks, where we'll have uh, something real dope for uh, you know fans of pro wrestling and and uh, you know fans of hearing me talk. I guess <laughs> there it is, man. Just hearing you list all that awesome. stuff. I'm I, again. I appreciated you coming on already, but the fact that you had time to hop on with us, uh, talk to us fools about wrestling, <laughs> doing all that. Uh, we we appreciate you even more, Kaz. Thank you so much for hopping on the show, man. We will talk soon. Of course, definitely. man. Thanks, Thanks for having me. I can't wait for when the when the show gets popping, man. I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely come back and we'll talk some more grass, man. Oh, absolutely. You're welcome back anytime. Awesome. <laughs> All right, my dude. Thank you again. Take it easy, man. Thank you. Wow. I uh, I don't know how we're going to follow up that incredible interview. It's going to be tough. With okay. our boy, Kazim Femuide. So we're going to take this opportunity to pay some bills. So let's take a break to talk about our friends over at Axios. Following a team you love in 2019, 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. It's very, very true. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is also impossible. That's why I, myself, and so does Jeremy, we both subscribe to Axio Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. 
Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and Ooh. everything in between. Unclear if they do dodgeball yet, but we will find out. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and, drumroll please, it is free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free, curated curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try it for free 99. That's not a code. Just try it for free, straight up, at sports.axios.com. Try it for free 99. Do it. Again, it's not, it's not a promo code. That's just it's 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 slang. It means you yeah, get it for totally, free. I mean, everybody <laughs> uses that that phrase in real life uh, conversation. We're gonna take another quick break to talk about our friends over at Harry's. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters: sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I personally love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, an easy glide razor that's low price that has a low price. And so do us a favor. Check out Harry's.com slash blue wire for your free trial today. Why Harry's you ask? Harry's is a return to the essential quality durable blades at a fair price. Just two dollars per blade. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk for you to, no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners to my show can redeem the, their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with an aloe, with aloe to keep your skin hydrated. And the best thing of all, Ben talks about this shit all the time. Most important. The most important thing, a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Please do not cut your finger on your razor <laughs> when you're trying to grab it. So use your travel blade cover. It's essential. Okay? Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Do it. It's incredible. It's an incredible deal. Uh, I, I wouldn't know because I can't shave to save my life uh, because I can't grow facial hair. That's what, you know, the downsides of being Filipino. Other than that, <laughs> it's great. Um, but, man, let's let's now that we've paid those bills, let's just hop into an abbreviated version of our news and notes. So obviously, you know, one of the things we didn't get to talk about last show, uh, our bonus episode, our SmackDown snacker, if you will, was Hell in a Cell. The, sm- it, the SmackDown Rage Fest that we put out? Oh, yeah. No, it was uh, – people People like – I don't know if they like the name yet. We're still getting feelers out. But uh, snack, SmackDown snacker sounds like a really good uh, food item at, from like – kfc or popeyes i don't know um so it's 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 still i think warming up to most people it will but anyway uh hell in a cell happened uh on that following sunday and up until the very end which we talked about with kaz it was actually a really good pay-per-view uh, yeah it was a really good show it started off really really hot with the sasha becky match my god i mean that was clearly the best match of the night i, th- I want to say it's the best match of the past like month and a half because it was 
it was really, really well done. Both of the women just like put their bodies on the line. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Sasha was hitting the double knees at a, like everywhere. She hit it off of a uh, off a ladder. She hit it off of a chair. Like, I mean, she was doing it everywhere. And then they had the really weird spot on the top on the on the cage where where Becky sat Sasha on the chair yeah, and yeah. then drop kicked her. I mean, that's some innovative shit. Innovative shit that like you just don't see very often. Um, so big ups to them for really putting together a, a hell of a match. Becky, the stuff Becky did with those chairs looked really painful. It was a lot of like, it wasn't, you know, a chair on top of Sasha and then she like, you know, did a splash on, you know, to accentuate the pain a little bit. She was like opening up the chair, using the ends of the chair that people don't typically use because I think they actually hurt, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, like the bottom part of the folding chair. It was crazy. And you know, there are reports now that Sasha hurt her back and she, you know, we don't know how long she's going to be out. But after I read him, I was like, yeah, that makes a that whole makes lot of freaking yeah. sense because her and Becky just went through a freaking show to, you know, to start off Hell in a Cell. Um, and unfortunately, it was a little bit of a downhill uh, roller coaster. It was, a slow, yeah, it was a slow decline coaster. after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so the, at least there was that because that was an incredible match. Um, and, and my mm, kind of quickly thinking it was definitely one of the best matches of the year um we will you know we'll re-examine kind of at the end of the year it's definitely it's the match there. of the year it's up there conversation for yeah. sure yeah uh, it's definitely up there i mean it, they really did put on a show it was everything that you want out of a hell in a cell match um and then to kind of follow that up you had you had charlotte beating bailey for to get her 10th title um I'm, I'm still kind of concerned that the wwe doesn't really know how to book women outside of the four horsewomen uh, because, I mean, they're still kind of struggling to find footings, to, to find a new challenger to really kind of lift the the SmackDown division outside of Charlotte. I mean, they they, they turned to Charlotte so much to kind of right the ship. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. And, and then, obviously, we'll be remiss if we don't talk about the ending. Obviously, like, Kaz, in our interview, like, he, he said it best. Like, they, they might have just kind of booked themselves into a corner there. So, right. like, yeah, with yeah, yeah. The Fiend and with Seth. Um, it, it it was really disappointing. I I I've ne- I I haven't been that upset in a very long time when it comes to wrestling because that was to me as, as a huge Fiend fan, it just made sense to put hit the put the belt on him. But I could totally see the other side of things like you don't want you don't have to put the belt on him, and it's kind of like it's it's tough to kind of keep that character fresh if you have a belt on him or like is he gonna show up every week? So I I totally get that argument, but the way it went down and the way that they had the ref stoppage. In a Hell in a Cell match, the the red lighting throughout the match with the red cell, it just it was, <laughs> it was bizarre. Aesthetically, it was awful to me, and the way it actually was booked was awful to me. So two things, and then we'll we'll move on because uh, you know, like you said, Kaz talked about it in great detail and you know with a lot more eloquence yeah. uh, than I think we would have if we talked right after because we were we were both fuming after um, one. The, just watching the match with the red light, the red cage, I definitely felt like Kramer in that episode of Seinfeld when the Kenny Rogers <laughs> roaster sign was outside his apartment and he just saw everything in red. Uh, so, so afterwards, what, so, it took sorry, a while for eyes to adjust. No, no, go ahead. So, like, what is with like the WWE and always having like these really, really awful gimmick matches with with Bray slash the Fiend? Like they did yeah. the. They did the the House of Horrors match, right? And uh, didn't they, they do the projection match with Orton that at won WrestleMania? WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah, and then they did this like just let the man wrestle in a room, in a, in normal lighting. Just let him do his thing. I like, think he they, doesn't need to have a special special lighting I or think, like the Harley Quinn like 
sledgehammer that he right. pulled out like mid-match. I think bottom line is they just overthink it with Bray. Yeah, you that's, know? that's and, fair. And they really don't have to because, as Kaz said, he is like he's a genius. He's a wrestling he really is, genius, yeah. and you just you just gotta let him cook. And sometimes, again, too many cooks in the kitchen is not always a good thing. So you know, let him do his thing. And I think that's unfortunately what happened with one the red lighting, <laughs> but two also the what happened in the match. Obviously, Vince has his paws all over that, and he's gonna have his say into, as to what happens. So you want to say it was a match stoppage. I'm fine with that, actually. That makes more sense than a DQ. But the, they just didn't announce it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Seth hits him, and then they just ring the bell. Mm-hmm. So the perception, especially if you are in the arena, I can't even remember what was being said on commentary if they had uh, you know addressed they were it like, or not. They were kind of flabbergasted as well. Like, they were – I mean, the entire presentation – uh, just seemed a little lost and and they were befuddled. It was it was not a great experience from like just the television viewing aspect of it because I I just feel like it wasn't like adequately explained to everybody like this is what's gonna happen and and I mean we may be like just kind of going a little bit too heavy because like Kaz talked about it in our interview like they know every single detail of every single thing when it comes to a match or a pay-per-view card. So like I don't know. Like it was it was just bad in my pers- it, it, for lack of a better term, it was bad. No, for sure. And you know again referencing to our our chat with Kaz about it, the fans kind of tell you how they feel, right? Like I think I think if Seth went over clean, people people would have been mad, but they wouldn't have been that mad. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like there was just no definitive ending to that story and the build to, you know, uh, the fiend's character and everything else. It, it just felt so incomplete. And maybe they're they're building to something a lot um, bigger moving forward. But that was their that was their chance to really cement the fiend. Um, in the cell, and uh, you know, I saw I saw a lot of this talk on Twitter. Just it, it really, really diminished the meaning of the cell, right? And I, I completely agree with that because it's like all of a sudden there were like rules and expectations in the cell. Like Taker threw mankind off the top of the cell in in one of the first Hell in a Cell matches, and they didn't stop the match. They let the yeah. man keep wrestling. So it's like, what, where, where is the line here? And it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. I've also I've also like noticed like just thinking about it like prior Hell in a Cell matches like. There are a lot of shenanigans that go in into Hell in a Cell matches, mm-hmm. like not like yep. not like weaponry and all that stuff, but like if you even go back to like one of the first ones, like you have Kane interrupting. Uh, right, he rips the door off. Yeah, like you yeah, have yeah. that. You have Bray Wyatt doing. He came in. He did the odd light thing with with Dean and I want to say it was Dean and Seth in the cage, um, like a few years ago, where he like he came out of a light. It was really weird. Um, but like, there are some like really random shenanigans that happen in Hell in a Cell matches. They very rarely like actually end up like just clean wins. It's it's odd considering it's like it's a structure built for a clean victory. For chaos. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. yeah, it's. I, I think they're gonna have to rethink just how they use the cell too. I don't think dedicating a pay per view to it um, works anymore. Uh, I think you know having a Hell in a Cell at another pay-per-view and you know that way the stipulation is more about you know the cell would talk about more about the relationship between the wrestlers rather than the pay-per-view if that makes sense i think they just need to kind of go back to that old school storytelling um and just rebuild they have to rebuild the reputation of the cell especially after this sunday um moving on (laughs) 
so raw happened let's just put it that way <laughs> i mean uh, that's all we're gonna say it happened i mean I, it was it was a waste i compare that episode of raw to like when you have a fight with your significant other and you just sit there in silence and you just like passively aggressively communicate with each other because mm-hmm. that that episode of raw was just like they 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 knew they had to put something on they literally refused to address what happened for damn near two hours and it was so funny uh like the longer it went the funnier it got so that was that you if you didn't see raw this week you literally didn't miss anything um except for the advancement of that weird rusev lana lashley story um which led the show off and uh i can't unsee that anymore. <laughs> so uh, which takes us into uh, tonight tonight the wednesday night war so this obviously is going to air thursday morning but um nxt and aw were very very good shows tonight um nxt yes. let's, let's lead with the nxt thing um the the first match uh, of nxt was uh leo russ challenging drew gulak for the nxt cruiserweight championship with Leo Rush coming out on top, and what what a big moment for this dude, man! He's a, he's a freaking star. It's about damn time he he won the belt because I mean he is he is a star, like you said. He has a very unique move set. He really knows how to sell and kind of just play that smaller like menace of a wrestler because he is so fast and he just he's all over the place. And uh, he's young. He's super young. So I mean he's. He's got so much room to grow as a wrestler, as a as a as a character, and, and to put the belt on him now just makes a whole bunch of sell, a whole bunch of sense. And hopefully, he's the kind of guy that can elevate that belt to where it needs to be, um, especially as a secondary belt on NXT. I mean, the finish yep. tonight was crazy. Like he does the his bottom rope springboard stunner that he does Fantastic. as a setup for his Fantastic. frog splash is just so good. And then his frog splash is is like one of the best in the in, in the business. Um, and, and he sells the shit out of it when he lands, man. He did like this, he did a front flip off of Gulak after he landed. Cause it, he really does sell like, it does hurt him too. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see him as the champion. And obviously like th- we won't go through every match. I, I mean, you had Rhea Ripley and, and Bianca Belair kind of put out their challenges for, for Shayna Baszler. Uh, I think, I mean, that would be a hell of a triple threat match. I mean, you have just a huge monster, uh, in, in Rhea Repley, and, and then you have a, a bona fide star, just a, a huge talent in, in Bel Air going against probably the best NXT champion since Asuka, uh, or like second best to Asuka of all yep. time in terms of NXT women's champions in, in Shayna Baszler. So I think that kind of lines lines up for a triple threat. And then you had that Kushida uh, Walter match at the end. I mean, Ooh, what is that? Was a doozy. Yeah, I mean, I talk us through it. I mean, that was. I was kind of blown away. I, I, I'm still kind of watching it and making my way through it, but like, because I, I obviously I was watching NA, or AEW at the same time, so I have, I, I do like to go back in and rewatch it. But like, what did you think of that match? No, I thought it was really good. I mean, when they first came out, and obviously they've had a couple interactions before tonight. I was kind of concerned about the size discrepancy because you're like, uh, you know, it's always going to be weird for the other for someone for when the size discrepancy is that much, like how do they compensate, right? Like, for the bigger dude to work with the smaller dude and vice versa. But they actually worked really, really well together, and they got all their spots in. Mm-hmm. I think we we knew that Walter was going to come out on top just because um, they can't diminish, you know, your, he's your UK champion, so they're not going to diminish him this early on in the game. But and he also he, has that stable. Right, right. That he has Imperium. Um, and, but, man, he. I think they both made each other look really, really good for 
an audience that probably doesn't know them that well yet, right? I think we're still, yeah. Uh, the, again, this mainstream audience, this new audience on on USA is still getting to learn these guys, and I think that was a really really great way to introduce both of them because Kushida looked freaking amazing. I would he, say it's easily Kushida's best match uh, oh, since he yeah, came yeah. over. Since to he NXT. came over, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he was hitting all his stuff. Uh, and Walter just looked like a monster uh, as well, and I think they have something really really special with him. He, he's just he, he's a big dude. Um, but he's he he, he can. The, I was really impressed with his work with Kushida. Obviously, like he he did this kind of work with Pete Dunne uh, when they were battling for the UK title, and that match was really good. But um, to to see him work with someone of Kushida's level was really really awesome to see, and for them to shine in that main event spot, um, you know, on NXT was really really awesome. So definitely A plus, a, a really 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 solid match. Yeah, and and then we'll move quickly over to AEW. I mean, AEW kicked off with just a fire match, quite Spot possibly fest. the best. I mean, it had to have been the best match of the of the night. Uh, eight, or the Young Bucks and Private Party. I mean, it was a spot fest. I mean, those those two really just know how to put on a show. And, and Private Party is solidifying itself as one of the up and coming tag teams uh, in the world. I mean, they are really becoming stars. Uh, and really big ups to AEW for really kind of strapping the rocket to them and allowing them to kind of grow. Yep. And also, like, the fact that the Bucks put them over. That is so huge. In the first round of this tag team tournament uh, on national television, they put over a younger tag team. It is so easy for them. It would be so easy for them just like, we're the Young Bucks. We're going to the final. Like, pull the, the, the Hogan card and say, like, nah, that doesn't work for me, brother. Yep. I'm going to yeah. the final. <laughs> like... For them to put over Hogan the younger definitely t- would Hogan also definitely never would have put over a private party, but for completely different reasons. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but like for them to say like you know what it's better for the business and it's better for our, our brand to put over this young tag team to allow them to grow. I, I mean that's just smart booking, and, and man they, they really do have stars there. And, and then you have Chris Jericho coming out shortly after that debuting his new stable the inner circle i don't know how i i, I don't know how i quite feel about that ta- that that stable name it may need to grow on me um but man he he had a fire promo he he introduced everybody and, and when he got to jake hagar the crowd started chanting we the people and he said no nah, fuck that like he didn't say fuck that but he said we the people is stupid it's dead and buried it was a product of bad writing and I was like, holy shit. Like, he just went in on WWE, no holds barred. Um, it, it was something that we've all kind of been waiting for, and it just it, it just popped off on, um, on this huge stage. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I couldn't hold myself back. I was just, like, yelping at the <laughs> screen. I was like, oh, my God. Um, so that was, that was incredible. Um, and, and then you have, you have Darby Allen, who's going to be the new number one contender. Um, I, th- I think he's a star. I think I think they have something really special in him. And then at the end, uh, this is something that I noticed, and, and a lot of people on on Twitter noticed is like AEW is already kind of falling into following falling into like old WCW ways of having like these really overbooked finishes that are just complete madness. And yeah, I yeah. I personally loved it. I thought it was great because you have everybody coming out like people doing run-ins. You have Cody coming in when the light like the lights go off. And Cody comes in the ring, and then MJF teases a heel turn and doesn't heel turn. And then you have Darby Allen riding down the ramp on a skateboard. It was fucking bonkers. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was crazy. Um, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I don't want to see that happen every week because then it just becomes tiresome. It's not sustainable. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But for these first two weeks, I'm, like, fucking all in. Like, when I saw Darby come down on the skateboard, I was like, 
freaking out of my house. He's like, he just ran out of the skateboard. That's so fucking crazy. <laughs> um, so um, I, I think Sean Ross, Sean Ross Sapp made this, this point on Twitter. Um, Wednesday nights are the A shows. Like, I mean, I think this solidifies it. I mean, Wednesday nights are fucking incredible. This is an incredible yeah. night for wrestling. So it's a it's a crazy time to be a, a wrestling fan. I was gonna say to be alive, but also just to be a wrestling fan, especially with these Wednesdays that they've lived up to to speed so far. Uh, you know, we'll kind of see how it goes once the newness wears off a little bit. But the first two weeks have been really really good. Yeah, um, and and obviously like we'll see. I guess every week we got to see the viewership numbers. Um, and last week AEW came out on top, but I'm really 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 a huge number. To see. Huge really, number. really huge, and it, it was their debut, so that was obviously going to be that. It was a or sorry, NXT's third week, so like that wasn't too big of a surprise. The amount that they beat them by wasn't even that big of a surprise either, because um, in in all fairness, AEW's had what? When did they announce? January. Mm-hmm. So they've had a lot of. They've had literally ten months to kind of build up the hype for this thing, and and to their credit, they did it. Um, I'll be interested to see how much they beat them, how much they beat NXT for a while, and. I don't know. I don't even know if WWE cares because they still have two other shows. I mean, they're pulling <laughs> that, four. They're pulling four million dollars. Four million dollars. Four million of viewers uh, for SmackDown on Friday night. SmackDown. Like, yeah. They so. they really don't care. I, I don't think they're really in, in into the ratings war. It's literally like let's just do our own thing. Speaking of SmackDown, we're gonna do this really quick. We have the draft kicking kicking off on Friday. Yep. Let's make some predictions. Like we'll okay. make three predictions, not each. We'll just make three podcast predictions. Like okay. Personally, I I think the biggest superstar is I think the biggest change is going to be an NXT superstar being called up, and I really do think it's going to be Dream. I think he is still I think he'll still go back to NXT to wrestle Roddy for the Roddy North American. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he's going to be called up. I think he's going to be called up to Fox, and he'll be mm-hmm. on SmackDown. I think he's too big of a star. He's got so much talent. You need to put him on 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 the bright lights. Put him on Fox and let him grow. You know, yeah, I like that one. That one, that one makes sense. I think to follow along on that, not, not saying an NXT guy uh, or girl, but I think my prediction is that they're going to move the New Day to Raw. Uh, I just think, you know, Brock is going to run rough shot over SmackDown for a while. Um, and I, I mean, this might be because I might be being a prisoner of the moment right now with, with Kaz you know, teasing that thought of a Kofi-Seth run for the title but mm-hmm. i think it does make sense um and you know usa i don't know if new day is exactly fox's cup of tea um because it's, it's still more of like a, you, you kind of have to be still be kind of a, a big wrestling fan and a big wrestling nerd to kind of understand like how big they are and how awesome they are and i feel like that's going to shift to the usa crowd right i think that's that's the nxts and the raws of the world um because i, I don't know if raw is the a show anymore i think smackdown is now the A show in terms of one what they're what you know the finances they're putting behind it and two they kind of hinted at that by moving Cole and Graves over there like that's yeah. their A A team A announcement. It's team. crazy to think that Raw is no longer the A show. That's so crazy to me. And yeah, and like people have soured on Seth for you know whatever reason. Um, so it's like maybe this might be a time for them to you know, re reinvigorate raw, re reshuffle it or what, however you want to put it. But I think new day is a good way to start doing that. Okay. Last prediction. I think the fiend moves the Fox. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine like the fiend on Fox? I mean, the promos for him would be incredible. Can you imagine him on like 
on football promoting on Sundays. Like he just yeah, and you can also have like if you wanted to, you could do crossovers with like you could put him on some random ass show, like a random Fox drama that's not gonna like he doesn't have to be the fiend, but you can make him Bray Wyatt. Like you can yeah. just have him like show up, like him doing like he did the news. Uh, the in, in Sacramento oh, before yeah. before Hell in a Cell, Incredible. and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he like, was, he, Bray is so good. He's he is a, a star. Like he yeah. did it in character. Like that's so good. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> put him on Fox. Yeah, put him on Fox. Let him let him make things a little weird and uncomfortable for people on Fox. I, I would I I would love that idea. Get the fiend out in front of more eyes, um, and, and and I think it just livens up that SmackDown uh, <clears throat> that SmackDown roster a little bit. Man. I like it. I like, I like those as our three predictions. We might have a SmackDown snacker in us this Friday. Just depending we, on uh, how weird SmackDown Depending on how gets. weird SmackDown gets. How, oh, there's know, also the press conference on Friday. There's a press conference. I think that's just them announcing some stuff for Crown Jewel, which I'm not really all that interested. I, like Clearly, they're announcing a Brock versus Kane at Crown Jewel, um, and there's there's like one more match that I think they're going to announce. Who else there, is invited to that? They'll probably do a Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's Fury Braun. And, uh, and Braun. That's it. So they're going to announce all? that. I mean, it'll be a work. It will be a work because obviously, like I think Tyson Fury is still angling towards his his rematch with Deontay Wilder, and you can't right. risk that. I mean, that's millions of dollars. Um, but like, um, I think they can do some sort of like work angle where you do a brawl for all, and you you let Tyson just knock out Braun, quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, I, and so that's what they're gonna announce at the press conference. I'm assuming, but yeah, no, so we'll see how SmackDown goes. Um, and again, we we can't do a SmackDown snacker every Friday, um, but. Th- Y'all showed love for the first one. Don't get me wrong, but you know we. My uh, wife would kill me. Right. Every, but every if we're doing it every Friday, Jeremy and I are going to become roommates <laughs> because <laughs> because our our wives are going to be very very upset. But that being said, we're, we're gonna we're gonna let you all like we're we're still ride high from this interview with Kaz because Kaz was amazing. So it's if you incredible. if you aren't already. Uh, Listen, following Kaz everywhere on social media. Follow him at Kazim on Twitter. I think he's still real life Kaz on Instagram. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so please, please follow the legend himself. Um, and if there's another wrestling podcast out there that recaps all this wrestling for you, it doesn't matter what that podcast is called. All right, everybody, peace. Later. <laughs> <laughs>